I yell at least once a week, you're crazy for this one, Jay, and I don't know what Jay was crazy about. I don't know what Jay was doing. I don't think anybody knows what Jay was doing. It's lost the time. He's also yelling to himself, right? In the original song, he's saying, Jay, you are crazy to himself. Yeah. I, it's like the ultimate ego moment, right? Like it was like he is like he had like a burst of, of genius and he was like, oh, you're great. You're a crazy genius for this one, Jay. Uh, it, I always thought it was like hammer. Don't hurt him kind of thing. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. W- watch out. These, these, this is dangerous. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's about it. I like crazy for this one as a phrase because it, it implies that you've been like tiptoeing on that line for, for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is the straw that's breaking the camel's back. <laughs> I've put up with your shit all the other times, self, but this time you're crazy for it. <laughs> can, can I share? Uh, I'll send you guys a link to it. My, my favorite Jay-Z call out of all the Jay-Z call outs yeah, okay, is okay. when he started producing Fall Out Boy albums and he opened up their third third album with like a monologue about jay-z is on a fallout boy album yeah he like opens the fallout boy uh from under the cork tree no uh what? infinity on high album uh <laughs> this is news to me i yeah. guess if jay-z is your producer you just kind of have to let that you happen. let him you let him talk yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not really a conversation it's like yeah I, I guess yeah i guess he's gonna monologue if jay-z or beyonce want to talk you let them talk you do not stop them Oh yeah, if Beyonce can Beyonce is allowed to walk onto any any podcast at any time or any record and just kind of like take over the track. They started a festival in Philadelphia and nobody gave them approval. They just did it and they just showed up. <laughs> and now and now they go to the museum and the museum's just like, I guess we have to shut down for the day because they're here and they just do it. They just do it there. Well, it's that new album that video they had for the Carters where they're just in the Louvre. Yeah, in I front think. of the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Yeah, the Mona Lisa, they they didn't ask for permission. They just walked and everyone's like, I guess they're supposed to be here. And we'll, and everyone just stepped out of the way. And mm-hmm. then Jay-Z took the Mona Lisa and was like, he's like, it's okay. You're crazy for this You're one, crazy Jay. crazy for this one, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's great. I like that. That's a good cap. Welcome to Goosebuds. Welcome. welcome to Goosebuds. Welcome, 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 welcome. We, uh, we are joined by a friendly and familiar uh, voice. Uh, uh, Dom is in the uh, spirit realm t- uh, today. We, you know, but- we were trying to get him out. We were working really hard. Uh, <laughs> we've been putting a lot of time and effort into it. But, you know, this weekend was for us. Mm-hmm. So we, we called upon uh, who else can you have but the great Mr. Kevin Cole. Hello. Kevin Cole, whose spirit is always in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Kevin, I don't think people you know know this part about the process. Obviously, if you if you didn't realize that Kevin also edits all the episodes uh, and has to put up with hearing our voices and unable to chime in all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> besides, you know, your occasional editorial chime in, which uh, I always appreciate. The Kevin, uh, the secret to the podcast, if you're cool with me sharing this, is oh sure that underneath all audio on every episode is a very faint indistinguishable uh track of you just of you just moaning and whispering like the whole time (laughs) oh okay well yeah to the untrained ear i guess it could sound like moaning and whispering but Uh it's actually a very complex spell (laughs) oh of course sure yeah you it's a throat spell right it sounds like a moan but it's really like a very deep throat chant you're doing yeah, I mean, you you guys tangle with all sorts of demons on this podcast, and you delve into forbidden texts, and you come up with your cryptid theories, and, you know, 
that that can attract unwanted attention. So a, a, a light protective throat spell is really the key to making <laughs> sure none of you end up in the spirit realm. But sometimes... Much the way that Doctor Strange and the other sorcerers yeah. use a, a veil of protection over mm-hmm. the entire podcast mm-hmm. that you keep around us. A, 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 a divine miasma around this podcast. <laughs> a, a cool asthma. Cool asthma. <laughs> but... Again, it's not foolproof, and sometimes Dom gets sucked in the spirit world. Well, that was, yes, the problem was the last time your throat incantation was too powerful and sucked Dom into his microphone. We'll get him out. <laughs> we'll get him. We'll get there. I yeah. mean, I think he's going to, he'll be out in time for Camp Goose Buds at least. Well, so. yeah, the, the problem is, is here's, let's, let's just talk about it okay? the, while Dom's not here and we miss him. Yeah. Sometimes we'll bring Dom out of the spirit realm. We'll spend like a week of chanting and incantations and sacrifices. And oh, yeah. and Dom will come out and he'll just be like, oh hey thanks guys, but you know um, there's some pretty good like food in there. And then he just like walks right back into the spirit realm. We're like, god damn it, Dom. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we do we do a lot of sacrifices, but like we're not gonna hurt an animal. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. We just put a bunch of candy in the middle of a circle, <laughs> and we figure that's better than animal threats, probably. <laughs> and the demons have been receptive to it. Yeah, yeah. At first they were like, I don't know. Uh, Peanut butter Twix. I don't think I don't think I've had a peanut butter Twix before. I kind of I kind of like regular Twix, but and then they tried it. Well, we all know the most devilish candy is the is the uh, fast break. The fast break is the most devilish candy because it's what it's... is up with the fast break. The fast break is tr- <laughs> is it trying to be a health food? Like is it? It was they were faking you out, weren't they? Yeah, that's why it's the most devilish candy. It acts like it's a like a health candy, and it's not at all. What the hell is that shit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know they were. I don't know they were angling for the for the for the power bar market on the fast break. I feel like a fast break is just an honest power bar. I think they, like, you're, well, okay. <laughs> Holy shit! Holy shit! You make a great point there, Kevin. <laughs> wow. Well, it's like yeah, you're you're in an active lifestyle. Uh, you got you don't got time to to wait to slowly chew your candy. Grab a fast break. Just jam it down your mouth. Just do it. <laughs> You just want the sugar part. We know you're not trying to be healthy. You're fit, you're fooling yourself. Be honest. <laughs> Once you accept that the the bar shaped sustenance you're creating is not in any way meant to be healthy, that opens up the door for like mac and cheese bars and anything. Like, well, what it, what it did was it opened up the bar the door for the for the Snickers bar to be like, hey, just eat this anytime you're hungry. <laughs> I'm I'm, oh. I'm sorry. Can I share this about fast break according to Wikipedia? Uh-huh. Um, I don't. I don't understand the connection about the Reese's fast break on the wiki, which is very extensive. Yeah, I'm here. I'm uh, here. Uh, originally intending to create a malted cocoa beverage, the Reese Brothers or mm-hmm. Reese's Brothers released a limited run of quote Puppy Wish Canyons is the name <laughs> of the candy. <laughs> Puppy I'm Wish Canyons. What to a test market of forty thousand in Papua New Guinea. So like. That's the most shady shit in the world of like we're from the we're from Europe or America and we don't want to like you know expose this on uh, our <laughs> white customers so let's go to another country and unleash our puppy wish canyons on them to see how what it is goes. puppy what is puppy wait hold on I'm on the like the regular <laughs> Wikipedia page where are you finding is this on the Hershey's website. Oh yeah! I, wait, this is like only if you Google Reese's Fast Break, and it's in like the autofill area. I got a. Oh, this is like a. This is like it's, a it's, hidden I'm, text box. Yeah, you found an Easter egg because that is not on. <laughs> that is not on the Reese's Fast Break Wikipedia page. 
What does Puppy Wish Canyons mean? Are you on the Are you on the Papua New Guinea Wikipedia page? <laughs> <laughs> does it say Wikipedia.com uh, or sorry .png? .png. Uh, <laughs> not .png because it's a different thing. Yeah, well, the problem with Papua New Guinea internet is that they constantly get overwritten by PNGs. Whenever someone saves a PNG on the internet, it it overwrites part of. Oh Papua yeah, New once they once someone saved uh like Library of Congress .png and it overwrote their entire. Their entire database of of Congress. Yeah, it was oh, it was a mess. I'm I'm just making a mental note to name a pretend friend's character Puppy Wish Canyons. <laughs> <laughs> Puppy, I, I, sure. I don't know. Maybe that translates something culturally. I don't know. It seems like such a dark like. I'm googling. Stephen King would have a, a monster that lives in the Puppy Wish Canyons. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. That is like a very like like uh, Kingian evil name, Puppy Wish Canyon. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's what you name a place to get people to move there. Yes. It's really just a, a shitty town. Yes. <laughs> Chad, I am Googling. Oh, my God. Go- I'm Googling Reese's Fast Break Puppy Wish Canyons, and I'm not finding anything. Yeah, that's what's weird. If you actually try to go to the Wikipedia page, that text does not exist. God. What did you this, find? This information exists in the space between worlds. You might, you might even say it's a lost legend. Oh, he did it. <laughs> He did oh, wait. it. This might be a hoax. It's a hoax? No. Uh, hoax. Claim of bizarre flavor Puppy Wish Canyons. Wait, what are you on? Are you on, like, Smoking Gun? Um, Wikipedia.ru. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no, .ru. Get out of there, dude. No, dude. No, Kevin, this is all fake information for Russia to try to distract us. Why would Russia, why would Russia lie? <laughs> <laughs> what do they have to gain? <laughs> Aren't, aren't we cool? <laughs> oh, oh my god, I am getting a bunch of warnings about going to wikipedia.ru. It is like you do not want to go there. I can't even f- I am googling Puppy Wish Canyons and cannot find a thing. I I, I just got a Russian <laughs> I just got a Russian site that I clicked on because I'm a genius. <laughs> what? What the hell is happening? We guys are on a parallel internet for me right now. Okay, I'm going to close a few I'm going to close this Russian Wikipedia site after I click a few of these ads cuz they seem kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm going to download a couple .exe files onto my Mac computer and see what happens. Kevin, I hope uh, this is for future Kevin. Uh, I hope you uh, increase your throat incantations right now to keep whatever demon is fucking with us on the internet out, out Dude, that bay. Rasputin's going to fucking pop out of our fucking microphones. <laughs> Deca one. That's the reason why Rasputin was never killed, is he had the secret stash of Puppy Wish Canyons to, yeah. to keep him alive. And he went into podcasting. Like the one place no one would ever find him. <laughs> Legend of the Lost Legend. Chad, I, I, I'm so... I, like, I'm, I'm glad that we kept going, but I that transition was great. You really worked Thank it you. in there. Thank you. I didn't mean for it to happen, but it just did. Um... <laughs> Well, much like this unraveling of Puppy Wish Canyons, Legend of the Lost Legend is about nothing and everything. Well, yeah. And and, and, and let's truly start at the beginning here. I opened this one up yesterday. uh, Mm I got the book out to read it yesterday. And uh, I was very excited because the cover showcases what appears to be a Viking dwarf on the cover. Am am I wrong in in, in that description? No, I was like, this has got dwarves in it. We're going on it. Dwarves and chests and cool shit. Like, come on. It's a a how to train your dragon side character standing atop a silver chest 
looking like, come on and bring it. I am, I am, I'm in, want to bring it. I, yeah, <laughs> I've been brought. I am ready to go. <laughs> it's cool. But we get in there and okay, they, they show some snow on the cover and admittedly there's no snow in the main body. Of the yeah. Screen, but it does start off with a dog sledding sequence, which the second instance of dog sledding in a, in a Goosebumps book so far. I don't remember. What was the other dog sledding? When they were yeah. going after that, like, uh, Yeti or something. There was, like, a Yeti one. I can't. I think oh, it was oh, Abominable sure. ma- a Snowman of Pasadena, I think. I believe I think. that. Right? Right now, it, it kind of feels like we're in, like, the Goosebuds investigations office. And it's like, ah, oh, remember the case of the, of the Abominable Snowman <laughs> <Yeah>. of Pasadena? <laughs> yes. Cue uh, Charlie Day in front of the board of, of uh, yarn and things. Pepe, yeah. Sylvia. Yeah. Pepe, Sylvia. Pe- <laughs> Sylvia, Pepe. <laughs> Got boxes full of Pepe. <laughs> the man does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so like, yeah, it's, this book starts. I'd say the most. Uh, I, I hate to always use superlatives, by the way, Goosebuds, but it just it brings it out of me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The the most interesting start to a book I think we've ever covered in Goosebumps. Like, I know it starts so good. It's kicking. <laughs> it's kicking right off the bat. So much child endangerment right yes. off the bat. I, in in an Arctic scenario, right, where they're lost and the dogs have gotten away and they can't find their dad and they're lost on a snowdrift searching for a blue seal that's some sort of fabled creature. I am on board. Yeah, and instantly, Justin, our main character, tells his sister Marissa that they need to go find dad. Marissa is smart, says, let's stay still so dad can find us. Marissa, she lost. She knows how to lost. She stays yep. still. <laughs> Not Justin. Instantly, I had to question, though, why are we bringing 12-year-olds to Antarctica? And then I realized that I've already been prepped by a former book. Again, I can't remember if it was definitely The Snowman of Pasadena, but we do in this series bring 12-year-olds to Antarctica. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, also, I mean, all the mummy books, right, are always like a uh, great mm-hmm. uncle wants to just bring us into the tomb, even though we have no mm-hmm. experience or training mm-hmm. in spelunking. Like it- and it's... So, like, when I... I, I started this book uh, two days ago, mm-hmm. um, and like it was, and you, ju- and you just finished reading it because it was that. Big no, no, no. It, okay. it was like uh, it was like eleven p.m. and uh-huh. uh, I was like, okay, uh, these don't take that long to read. I'll just like sit in bed and read it until I'm like asleep. <laughs> and yes. first, uh, first two chapters, I'm like, all right, Antarctica. Yeah, this is this is great. There's a lot of uh, tension in the yeah. in the beginning. There's no real fucking around. Something is all like always happening. Yeah, natural disasters are coming at them. Yeah, it's, it's a no thing. fake outs. They see an awesome blue walrus, right, or blue seal. It's a blue sea lion. Oh, blue sea! I, I can't believe I guessed the two other things that would be up there. And that was the first crack in the armor. I feel <laughs> I, that was the first moment where I'm like a blue sea lion. <laughs> Could have been anything, but he picked the Get sea out line. of here, RL Blue Sea. And I, I'm remembering the the cool dwarf on the cover, and I'm like, maybe they they find like a, a cool like a journey to the center of the earth style uh, <laughs> hole. Sure, and uh, they go into like underground Viking shit, and I'm like, this is going to be an amazing time. Yeah, uh, finally a literary uh, breakneck pace, amazing goosebumps mm-hmm, bug. Mm-hmm. But, but you're wrong, Kevin. But you're but... dead wrong. <laughs> I got Shitherazaded. <laughs> what does Shitherazad mean? I don't understand the reference. Shitherazad is telling a story within a story. It's from A Thousand and One Nights. Oh, oh by... sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Shahrazad tells a story to her husband so that he won't behead her uh, at the end of the night Mm -hmm. uh, because he wants to hear the next part of the story. Mm -hmm. And so. uh, Oh my God, RL has been Shahrazading our lives. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's probably it's probably a better name than I used to always just call that Arabian night scene. Like that's all that would be. <laughs> yeah. But but that I, I think Shahrazad is a much better term for it. But but shit Harazading is when you tell a good story <laughs> ar- around a really bad story and mm-hmm. you're like, no wait, go back to the good part. The good story, the story was there. You were really you were really cooking in the beginning. Uh my all my defenses were up for this, by the way. Like I was I was like, okay, this is too good. To, to start, yes, uh, yes. I was thinking like, okay, I'm ready for. And then I woke up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. When, and then the fa- once it went past the first chapter cliffhanger, I think it's when the kids go after the seal and the ice starts to crack underneath them and they're floating away on a, a frozen lake. Good stakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was like, wow, okay, they're still here. I guess this is the story. This is awesome, and they're doing a lot of exposition in it. Like you know, we're, we mm-hmm. couldn't find dad. He's brought us up. I'm like, I'm on board this story. They wait until the third chapter to reveal it is just a story their dad is telling them mm-hmm. in, a, in a camp tent mm-hmm. oh i felt so betrayed i felt so tricked <laughs> well and 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 to continue the shahrazading uh he does the dad was wisely reading them a story and he should have kept going because that's when justin tries to kill him as soon as <laughs> as soon as he stops telling the story <laughs> what, what, what do you mean he tries to kill him he lights the tent on he lit fire. the tent on fire oh sure <laughs> that's that was a very funny. Like he reaches over to turn off the light and immediately knocks over. Immediately, the almost kills them. Insane. And then, and then, like he he comments later, like looking like straight into the fourth wall. Who would make such a flammable tent? <laughs> <laughs> that is why I always go camping with my steel tent. Smart. Impossible to burn. Yeah, and and uh, around the campfire, you can invert it and have a little steel drum music. Yeah, steel drum. You can use oh, it as an oven. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. That's a really good way to do it, dude. Dad, dad, dad puts them to sleep, right? Yeah. And but before he puts them to sleep, and they almost kill him, he fucking dunks on his own kids for like two or three pages, calling them lazy. It's and so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how much he dunks on them. I can see why his wife left him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know why he doesn't have a wife. That's why. why. That's why, Dad. <laughs> That's why. It's because he can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Well, He's got to air his grievances all over the place. I, I did want to talk about uh, Dad, uh, who is fully named as what? Uh, oh, he, he has, has a full he's name. Given a full author name. I, like have something the Wiki- Clark. I have the Wikipedia page. I think it's Patrick uh, Clark, perhaps. Oh, I, I found uh, Richard, Richard Clark. Richard, Richard. With the fancy E at the end. Richard L. Clark. Mm, Richard <laughs> L. Clark. Uh, well, oh, you know, yeah. it's there's an interesting parallel in that he he's nothing like R. L. in any way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Doesn't hurt when R. L. bends over. That's no, not a, no, no, that's no. not taken directly from. I, I love the description of Dad as this big fat bear man mm-hmm. who, who, yeah, he has trouble bending over to pick stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And he and he seems kind of cool, but the only thing he has in common with RL is as he tells the story, he ends on his cliffhanger, and he's like, "I haven't come up with the ending yet." I'm like, "Huh? Hmm, that feels real." <laughs> yeah, that was drawn from experience. I was definitely feeling fourth wall breaking right there. <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to talk about Richard Clark yeah. in this book because 
the way he's probably there's something the way maybe there's kids talked about him where there's been famous parents or like well-renowned parents like oh my dad's the the top mummy doctor or whatever sure uh, i know that's not a real class but there's the way that they describe their dad is that he is a famous author mm-hmm. who is a collector of stories it's a, that sounds like they're saying he's a famous plagiarizer yeah, well, yeah <laughs> they say he goes to like far off lands to like gain their stories and take and publish them and like it sounds like he's just kind of stealing cultural legends yeah oh yeah he's fa- yeah he's famously being a white man he's a famous white yeah. man <laughs> he is an appropriator by trade mm-hmm. uh i i think this book was written title first yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and that's always the mark of a strong thing uh, strong, a strong uh, piece of media. Moby Dick was written that way. I'm no way, sure. was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, I believe like, that. I believe it was about that. five chapters in before he decided it was going to be a whale. He wasn't sure it was going to be a whale. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, I'm just winging this. I got this guy, and he's going to yeah. meet someone named Moby Dick. We'll figure out who that is. <laughs> I'll find it in. The, I'll find it in the writing. Whatever. He really liked listening to Moby, and he was like, "That's what it was." And then he was like. But I also think he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Even though he gives away music and is vegan, he's an asshole. There, yeah, there's got to be some reason Eminem beefs with him. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot there was just a weird feud for like a decade between two bald white men. I don't know. Eminem, Eminem was the asshole. We all know that Eminem was always the what? asshole. Well, well, Marshall would never. <laughs> to be fair, Eminem was the aggressor. But as things have come up about Moby over the last couple of years, uh, I don't know. Eminem might be the the secret is, hero of that. Is story. Moby problematic? I don't even know. There, there's like uh, I, this is one of those things where I love re- re- reciting uh, articles I read two years ago without double checking it. But there's like a whole, <laughs> there's a whole weird thing where like Moby in past interviews was like apolog- saying that he was like gonna date Nat- dated Natalie Portman. And talked about, like, meeting her during Star Wars and all this shit. And then Natalie Portman's like, I never dated him. He was very creepy about me. It was, like, this weird whole thing. Oh, no. Oh, no, Moby. Yeah, oh, no, Moby. Listen, I, yeah, yeah, look into the articles. But it was all, like, last year. There was, like, in the the long, long ago. Oh, but the before times. We had time to worry about that. The before times. (laughs) I'll do a... I'll do a quick Google spell when I'm editing this to make sure we're not slandering Moby. Please. We would love that, Kevin. (laughs) Here, here. I'll I'll, I'll just, for the record, for anyone looking, I will read from the CNN.com article in 2009. (laughs) Moby is apologizing for what he wrote about Natalie Portman in his new memoir, Then It Fell Apart. The 53-year-old Whoa. musician described an alleged relationship with the Oscar-winning actress, saying he met Portman at one of his concerts when he was 33 and she was 20. He detailed in his memoir that Portman flirted with him in his dressing room. Later, he tried to date her in the early 2000s. Quote, for a few weeks, I had tried to be Nally's boyfriend, but it hadn't worked out. <laughs> Moby wrote in his book released this month, quote, I thought that I was going to have to tell her that my panic was too egregious for me to be in a real relationship. But one night on the phone, she informed me that she'd met somebody else. I was relieved that I'd never have to tell her how damaged I was. Portman, now 37, denied his claim in an interview with Harper's Bazaar published Thursday and said she had actually just turned 18 when the two met. Quote, I was surprised to hear that he characterized the very short time that I knew him as dating because my recollection is a much older man being creepy with me when I had just graduated high school. There's a whole long thing and they started talking about it online. 
there's that's a uh, Eminem. I'll, I'll side with Eminem. You know what? I, I think I think we can reasonably claim that Eminem is a white knight. <laughs> <laughs> Can we remake Black Knight with with Eminem the movie instead of uh, Martin Lawrence and it's just Marshall Mathers? Sure, call, and call it White Knight. White Knight. That yeah, might, I don't know that, that we want to do that. I don't know. If we do that. <laughs> um, I, I I believe uh, so. My my high school mascot was the Black Knights until we were the Grey Ghosts. That's oh smart. my god, the Grey Ghosts is so much cooler. Yeah. Why Why did you guys Why did you guys change? Uh, so we are called the Black Knights because uh, they dug up a set of uh, medieval armor in our town. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, in the in, in in the long long ago that may prove that there were European uh, ships or some shit. In <laughs> I don't know. We uh, they dug up some knights armor in my in my place, and we're called the we're called the Grey Ghosts because. Um, one, Massachusetts is the most haunted state. It's, it's true. the state where mm-hmm. the most re- uh, reported hauntings occur. And uh, we had a, a ghost in the old school building uh, called, I want to say her name was Rosie or something like that. She hung out in the bell tower and sometimes the bell would just go off and there were lots of reports of seeing Rosie. <laughs> That's awesome. I love, that. That's such a cool mascot. That is a very cool mascot. <laughs> I just got to say, the legend of this book was so interesting that we've now <laughs> talked about the legend of Moby and his dating <laughs> and the legend of Kevin's high school mascot instead of discussing the stupid legend in this book. Well, it's theming. It's theming. This is all a part of the Scheherazade. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, also because of the beginning of the book, I, I, I never felt more confident that an author of this book did not know what he was doing later in the book. When they say that this that Father Clark is there in search of the lost legend, a famous legend that no one knows it's what it's about. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it's, crazy. It's, it's the most photographed barn in America because it's the legend <laughs> that everyone is loves because it's so legendary. And that's it. But there's like no detail. There's like not even a MacGuffin item like the Holy Grail. It's just the lost legend. People want to know what it's about. I'm going to find it. That's why I'm going to Brovania. Brovania. And they go to Brovania, which I definitely Googled, and it's definitely not real. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah, it's definitely not real. I wanted to double check, but I wanted to share a Wikipedia article with you that I did find about Brovania. Uh, oh, I think you oh, would okay. particularly find it following your uh, line of line of work. Uh, according to TV Tropes, uh, Brovania was a Let's Player on, on YouTube. Oh, oh! Who, for some reason, this paragraph just just amused me. Brovania was a Let's Player on YouTube who tried to accomplish a massive task: create a Let's Play of a thousand and one video games listed in the book. A thousand and one video games you must play before you die. So, also a weird parallel with Arabian Nights. So, <laughs> wait, wait their, their their big goal was they were going to play one thousand and one video games, specifically the ones because we already by a did that. Book. Continued yeah. did that like five years ago. <laughs> but particularly, he's picking a book called "A Thousand One Video Games You Must Play." Like those people who are like, "Well, I'm not knocking that." Like, I'm, I'm going to go through the AFI top one hundred list. Sure, and he made that his sure. entire Let's Play goal. The story goes on. He used to do Let's Plays before, but was less than amused with his own efforts and deleted them and started over twice. 
Wow. And then he decided to become a Minecraft Let's Player. In, two, in, in 2013, he deleted his videos and withdrew from the LP community to become a cartoon reviewer. Of a course he did. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, not, to start, not to start a few with a random YouTuber. I just thought that was the funniest summary of someone's YouTube. Yeah. He was the... He, listen, let's, let's admit it. He was the Sufjan Stevens of Let's Plays. <laughs> When, when, when I hear Brovania, I can only imagine really jacked vampires. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, dudes, just like pounding tall, cold ones of blood, right? Like just yeah, blood and way, blood and way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm more obsessed with the details of the Brovanian culture than what was in this book. Like, I just well, want to know. Let's let's move this story forward here, okay? We got like, we're we're literally we've we've been stuck. We haven't even gotten into the real story. Justin tried to burn down the thing, and that's that's about the most the furthest we've gotten in here. But he didn't try to burn. He didn't try to self sabotage. Yeah, I would say that subliminally, Justin was trying to kill all of them before this would begin. I think. I, okay, I, true, true. You know, but then a dog shows up. Yeah, <laughs> a dog a dog shows up, which. <laughs> In the kid's defense, in the kid's defense, uh, it's a dog. So, and it's way more exciting than anything else that's happening right now. So, sure, a dog shows up. Silver Dog is the dog's name. Great. That's that was probably a whole meeting. Silver Dog. <laughs> Silver Dog. All right. Well, we've got Silver, and RL just wants to name him Dog. So. Compromise? <laughs> it, it reminded me of my favorite detail in the Game of Thrones books of like when the kids all find their dire wolves, they all yes. name them vastly different things based on their ages. Like, uh -huh. oh, I'm a little bit older and mysterious. I'm gonna call her Nymeria. Or I'm uh -huh. gonna, and then and then the youngest, dumbest kid goes, Shaggy Dog. Mm -hmm. And then Shaggy Dog <laughs> is stuck with that name its entire life. Yep. I Chad, I thought of Shaggy Dog right away and I felt for <laughs> I felt for Shaggy Dog. This is Silver Dog. This is Silver Dog, and the kids don't do not want to follow him because their dad has formed them into neurotic cowards with all of his scary stories he tells them. But And they already lost a mom and they're pretty loss averse at this yeah, point. Yeah, so. yes, they do not want they can they cannot afford to lose anything else, including themselves. And uh Marissa comes up with a story which Justin does not like. She comes up with a story about a dog that goes ee ee at at you and lures you into a into certain death and stares up at you and goes ee ee which Justin thinks is stupid, but that's some Junjay Ito terror shit. Oh, and yeah. it's awesome. She tells a, a scarier story about a ghost dog than the actual Goosebump book ghost dog. But obviously, obviously the script needs some work, but it's a great pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have they should have spent the day that they workshopped Silver Dog workshopping that story and just made that become the book. Uh did anyone else notice that Silver Dog? I, I think this has been ruined for me by the internet and Tumblr. But Silver Dog has heterochromia, where he yeah. has a a brown eye and a blue eye, which now to me just means Tumblr OC. That's all that means yeah. to me anymore. <laughs> That's uh, we used to we used to play this game um in college called Time Till Wolf, which is Google a fictional <laughs> character mm -hmm. and scroll down in deviant art until you find a wolf version of that character. <laughs> <laughs> so have what would it be like seconds or scrolls or what was the what was the time um it, it was seconds it was okay. like it, it usually usually 
Did anyone ever you, slow roll their 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 uh, wheel? Their wheel spinning? Was there like a was there like a any sort of like uh, factor that you you like you know? The thing you know? was, you needed it down to the millisecond because because <laughs> the wolves happen fast. Wolves come at you fast. <laughs> <laughs> Time time to wolf is such a great metric term, but it also would be an amazing action line from a cartoon that doesn't exist. <laughs> I think I think Silver Dog is RL's wolf sona. Yeah, it's hell yeah. <laughs> it's the coolest wolf and it has heterochromia and all the other wolves want to want to bang and it be its best friend and it's king of the wolves. It's him warging into his own book. <laughs> <laughs> he well he put himself he like was trying to write like another writer in in, in richard or whatever his name what was it richard richard yeah, he's trying richard. he was trying to do that but he kept d- despite his best efforts in into working himself into silver dog he kept showing up as richard in the story it would be better if the kids went outside and it was rl stein there and <laughs> yes. he was like hi i'm children's author rl stein <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cool if he just Stephen King did, where he just put himself in the books. Yeah. I mean, he sh- why has he not done that? Ugh. That would be even more like dreamlike and like kind of um, uh, Twin Peaksy. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just like fair. a man, a man in the woods offering directions. Yeah, which is also <laughs> fair because this entire book is really a fever dream of just of being sure, lost. This this happens, right? Yeah. Well, because okay, so what they do is they follow Silver Dog, right? They try to wake, well, they try to wake up Dad, who somehow falls into the deepest slumber ever, even though his child just tried to set him on fire. He allows himself to slip. He just lets his guard down entirely and goes I, right I, into I, deep slumber. I will say, Paul, I think that's a valid critique. I also completely bought that because I have I slept through a real life fire in my house when I was a kid, so I <laughs> I, I totally buy that. Uh, right, right. But the important detail that the dog, I know we said Silver Dog has a. A message in its collar. Oh, yes, yes. That says, like, I know what you're looking for. Follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a lie, by the way. Or at least, <laughs> or at least, or at least a very grave mistake. It's, it's so I have approximate knowledge of many things. <laughs> yes, yes. By the end, we, 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 if you remember that note, by the end, you realize that the person was way off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a spam wolf if anything. It is right? spam. Yes, yes. Spam yes spam. Wolf. <laughs> so they follow Silver Dog. They get lost, right? And there's not much to this. They fall into uh, a trademarked pit with no bottom, which is an entirely new concept that has never been explored before. Oh, oh, yeah, that was crazy. He as he fall into it. They, I want to clarify that they, the the kid calls out the pit with no bottom in all capital letters. As if it's a thing we know. His dad's trademark story, The Pit with No Bottom, again, <laughs> appropriated an appropriated story by Richard. Oh yeah, you're right. That, you know that's a that was a real thing in some in some country and it had like deep cultural significance to the people who lived there. And yes. he was like, Yeah, I'm totally taking that. Mm-hmm. I'll just call it the pit with no bottom instead of the bottomless pit. It's totally mine now. We call it the God's eye. I'm gonna call it the pit with no bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are there are so many like I know you guys are used to this at this point, but I don't read along with you guys when you do this. I, I, let, I let you guys read. Yeah. And I, 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 I just do the editing. Mm-hmm. But they're, the chapters just end in such a jerky fashion. I know you've talked about this so mm-hmm. many times, but I need to like hammer this in for listeners. Like 
Back in middle school, there was this kid who would constantly do the you've got something on your shirt and then flick your nose thing. <laughs> oh, like, he would constantly do that shit. Ugh. And to everyone. And he thought it was the funniest thing. But no one would buy it after, yeah, like, the first ten right, minutes. Right. So he'd just flick people's noses. <laughs> and that's, that's what this book is. It's just RL being like, gotcha, bitch. And it's like, no, you, you, no, you didn't. You did not get me. <laughs> yeah, if you if you do it every time, it doesn't work. Like, it just, you, just, you, it's the boy who cried wolf. Uh, right. No pun intended. Uh, every <laughs> single time. I, I was thinking about it a lot, this book. I, I totally feel you, Kevin. Like, uh, with the next part of the story, particularly kind of rang out to me where they they follow, uh, I keep going to call him Shaggy Dog now, uh, Silver, <laughs> Silver Wolf. Silver Dog. Silver Dog. Uh, to a cabin, and it's very, yep. like, for a second, kind of a cool, like, Hansel and Gretel, almost like a Miyazaki mm-hmm. description of this, like, cabin well, with a, a well, delicious uh, stew. I'm glad you brought up Hansel and Gretel, too, because they talk about their dad's trademark story about the house made of candy and cookies, which, again, Richard, <laughs> we know what the story is. We're not stupid, Richard. You just renamed it. <laughs> House made of candy and cookies is such a stupid title. <laughs> and, and like, essentially, this is what the Brothers Grimm did when they collected all of these folktales. Right. Was they were they collected these stories and they put them into books, and that's why we associate the Brothers Grimm with these fairy tales. Right. But when it's the nineties, they're like, when, where do you go? You guess you got to go to Brovania to get a fucking story, <laughs> right? We are like a decade or so away from Jeremy Renner playing Hansel in an action movie. We're all aware of Hansel and They Gretel. already they already made it, Chad. <laughs> they already made they the did. action Hansel and Gretel. Oh, that's, that's what I'm referencing. I mean, in the time of this book, we are a decade oh, away from oh, that right, movie. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. was Jeremy Renner who was in that? That was Jeremy Renner and Gemma Ertur Turn and Hansel and Gretel, a movie that I was very stoked for that is very bad. Oh, Chris. Dang. Uh, so we meet our next character in the cabin, who is one hundred percent not a dwarf. No, <laughs> not a dwarf. But I, I did want to. I didn't want to mention this because this to me is the is the cliffhanger that doesn't need to happen to be a cliffhanger, right? Uh huh. Like, yeah. Like so, I, I forget her name. In my mind, it's just Ivana. 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 Sorry, Ivana. Uh, a very James Bondy like female female villain name, Ivana. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did, did yeah? Did anyone else imagine Ivana hot like smoking Oh yeah, hot? absolutely. Of yeah. course. Yeah, okay, cool. We're there. She kills you with sex legs, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's that's her golden eye character. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, she plays the witch in Hansel and Gretel. Uh, <laughs> Jensen. Uh, it all comes together. I, no, Kevin, by the way, just let me part the veil a little bit. Uh, every single time we read one of these books, every adult in this is hot, in my mind. Oh, yeah. Every oh, adult yeah. is just, like, fucking oh, yeah. ripped. You gotta oh, keep your, You gotta keep yourself entertained. <laughs> R- Richard had a had a Barra thing going to to quote Paul's <laughs> love of referencing Barra. <laughs> <laughs> but the the point about Ivana, I just wanted to 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 mention is when they describe the cabin, right? It is cool enough, I think, as it is to discover that that could be a chapter end, right? Uh, it's right. a it's a threshold to cross. Right. Like, even going into the door is a good, right. I want to turn the next page to see what's in the next chapter. Absolutely. But it's, it's, it's mystical. It's scary. Yeah. But instead, RL waits, like, three extra pages 
and for then, Ivana and, to come stomping and going, ha ha, I trapped you. Shut the door. He waits to assassinate the integrity of one of his main <laughs> protagonists of this book. <laughs> and of course, it's all a trick. Immediately with the next sentence of the next chapter, oh, I was just joking. It's my sense of humor that if I picked there's up here one in the way, If there's one way you disarm kids, it's you threaten them with kidnapping and then follow that up with another threat about poisoning them with the soup you just gave them. That's right. There's a double... Po- oh. I, I was like... Feeling that chicken soup, though. I was oh, like, yeah. I can go for some chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Some homemade chicken noodle soup in a cabin? Fuck yeah. I, if there's one thing I know about RL, it's that he he digs some chicken soup because he described the shit out of that. <laughs> it was, again, to go back to Moby Dick, that was his clam chowder moment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know in, like, you know in uh, the Redwall series, how oh, he yeah. just oh, describes, yes. like, the feasts yes, of, like, where they have corns oh, for I had chapters. gooseberry wine and a raspberry scone. Yes. Oh, so good. It's just RL trying to do that with just a brown sloppy soup. Like, uh, oh, yeah, so great. For RL, like, the, the most imaginative, amazing meal he can imagine is, like, <laughs> some Campbell's and some oyster crackers <laughs> to settle his tum tum. So she feeds him soup, and then yep. an absolutely insane boy named Luca. That was the scariest oh, part okay. of Luca's the book nuts. for me. Luca's nuts. How, how Luca is described is the scariest thing I can think it's of. It's terrifying, and he bites Justin, and then is referred to very soon after that moment of biting a, biting our main boy as being a good okay. boy. Can I can I just read this paragraph? Oh yeah, go please. for it. Yeah, please just yeah. Uh, and then a wild creature covered in black fur <laughs> scrabbled into the room on all fours. Scrabble. Snarling, it cast its bulging black eyes around the room. Terrifying. <laughs> it's, Terrifying. It's, and here's more. Um, as I scrambled my feet, I stared at the panting creature. It had a man's face <laughs> hunched yep. on its hind legs. It looked almost human, except that it was covered with thick black fur. That is Lovecraft and, shit. And he yeah. rolls it, he hard rolls that back because then it just turns out that he's just a boy with long hair who's bent over. And that's the whole yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's thing. later on in the book, but yes, that is very fair. It's just a dude. It's yeah. just a yeah, dude. It, it's just Jim Jim the dog face boy. Like, but, yes, yes. <laughs> but I want to. But Luca, like the 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 second kind of time we spend like talking about Luca is when he leads them on the quest, and I think they describe that he he even though he walks on like hind legs, he hops like a bunny. Yeah. So it's yes. just a dude kangaroo jumping like he's playing a game with only himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do y'all ever you'll ever see that Basement Jacks video for Where's Your Head At? Yes. Yeah. Oh my that's, god. Yes. That's what it's terrifying old vid music video of like heads superimposed on monkeys. That's what I was picturing Luca the entire time. Is yes. that kind of like just a, a gross monster, like uh, a Doctor Moreau creature? Yeah. Abyssal terror. Yes. Abyssal terror. This is whole what he is. This whole thing is very Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah. Like, yeah. As actually. it turns out. Um. So. Ivana's like, uh, you have to do a, a test, a trial. Luca will guide you through the trial. That's why we have Luca. <laughs> I can't guide you through the trial because we need to introduce a new character. Mm-hmm. And I'm just here because I, I was on the front of the book. We already did the article. <laughs> yeah, he thought of the name. <laughs> yeah. RL gave, gave me the name and I drew this guy. Oh, yeah, I'm a stand in for Jacobus. I'm sorry. I, I will never be in the same room as the MacGuffin, but you will see me posing with the MacGuffin on the book. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and so Avana Avana does give the quest of like you want the silver chest, and then the yeah. and the kids are like, yes, we do. That's so clearly the lost legend, even though they never say the lost legend for uh, obvious reasons. But right, yeah, no need to clarify. We're all on the same page. Yeah, we all know. <laughs> we're all know what we're talking about. My dog knows what you want. My dog said it to you. My spam dog. Quick, follow my follow my mutant uh, assistant into the woods. Uh, and then they fall asleep. Like, are they knocked out from the suit? I or don't something? know what happens. You're right. They're, I don't I, is remember. It, is it ever described to them falling asleep? Because all we get is we they wake up in the middle. Of, which this is the coolest part. They wake up mysteriously in a forest with no house anywhere, which was cool. Oh, also, it's called yep. uh, the Fantasy Forest. Yeah, capital letters. Yep. That's right. Yep. Again, again like... first draft names. We're dealing with some first draft names. Silver Dog. <laughs> Silver Dog, definite first draft name. Yeah. Uh, and then... Or then it happens. And then the story happens. And then we enter into a part of the story that is so surreal and so stream of consciousness that mm-hmm. I struggle to call this a book at this point. And more of... Violence. It's violence. <laughs> it's, violence. <laughs> it's just violence. I, I, I was making notes, obviously, as I was going along, uh, and I, I went. I got the Luca part right, and then the next part yep. that I get to is a whole chapter, literally a whole chapter of the kids getting their asses kicked by baby mice. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Lu- Luca leads them into the woods, sees a squirrel, runs away. The they notice there are a lot of nuts on on the ground in the woods. Mm-hmm. That's curious. They're wa- they're warm nuts too, warm right? Nuts. They're That's right. They were warm nuts. Warm, warm, warm nuts. <laughs> warm nuts. The nuts hatch into at mice. Some point. Into mice, and the kids start choking the mice to death. <laughs> <laughs> the mice are, and the mice are like riding up their arms and biting them in the back and in the neck, yeah. and like and and doing a number on them. They really work them over. <laughs> and the kids are just crushing mice skulls between their thumb and forefinger as mm-hmm. fast as they can. <laughs> just snapping just, mice as fast as they can. <laughs> just slaughtering the mice and crying, blood, blood, more blood. <laughs> <laughs> I am the king of Mouse Mountain. <laughs> okay, so to walk that back slightly... The mice are mechanical mice, and they have switches on them. Yeah, and the great thing is that they, although they were just previously being overwhelmed by the swarms of mice, by turning a couple of them off, somehow escape <laughs> the mice menace. Well, it, it you know it terrifies the mice. Even though the mice are automated, I think they sense their own impending doom. They were they're, programmed. They were programmed with with a desire to, to continue moving and, and yeah, stay they're alive. the AI that doesn't want to you know be turned off. Right. Kind of thing. Right. I, I'm, I, I'm totally bullshitting a reason for why these mice are scared. <laughs> My theory is that they're union mice, and they <laughs> they get. A- they get a they get a generous lunch break. Oh, hey, okay. you you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. We <laughs> that's what, strike. That's what I thought. That's what I thought you were going with that, Kevin. Was that they were <laughs> okay. they were they like they had a nice amount of solidarity amongst their fellow mice. <laughs> They're like, what? This job is not. Yeah, we hatched out of the nuts. That's half the job. We menaced the kids. We're done. We fulfilled the contract. <laughs> We're all going to stand around this block of cheese and look at it. And then they just do that. <laughs> and then they flee the mice. And Justin, in his clumsy ass way, runs into a tree, <laughs> knocks, the, knocks the tree over, and the tree crushes his sister. Mm-hmm. Just, just slightly before that, 
he did something smart. So oh, yeah, he does? Justin's a fucking goon, but he did do something smart. He picked up the mice that he deactivated and he put them in the in the nice like Tiva backpacks that yeah. Oh, yeah, they whatever. picked up free backpacks as they started their journey. Yes. It was like, here's your complimentary <laughs> gift bag. Uh-huh. Those bags will only be used to carry the corpses of Union Mechanical <laughs> it, no, Mice. This felt, this felt like a very bad adventure game where you're just kind of picking up every yes. prop from every puzzle and like, I guess I'll just click this over this and see if this opens the door. I feel, uh, like, I feel like, again, that this was written stream of consciousness and RL was like, well, I got them to the next part, but they need to use the thing from the other part that I made up randomly. Oh, yep. you know what? I'll just rewrite that they pick up some some backpacks at the beginning of this. We're good. I'm, I took care of it. Tied it all together. The the most so, egregious. I'm sorry. I was wondering, yeah, the most egregious kind of uh, addendum, like as it's live written, I think is they lose track of Luca because they're just talking about how nice it'd be to be famous. I believe. All right, and uh-huh. Luca Luca chases after a squirrel again, secretly a real person. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then after Luca leaves, then Justin finds a note in his pocket that's like. From Ivana going, hey, if you lose track of Luca, you're going to die. Like, cool. That's the author, like, writing Luca leaves and then adding in, a, uh, like, oh, I don't think I established the stakes of how important Luca is to this. Yes. Like, yeah. And then, and then Justin full tilt Naruto runs right into uh-huh. a fucking tree. <laughs> and he straight up, Wiley Coyote's his sister, head, head first with the, with the tree into the ground, done. And, and at first, Justin's like, Am I secretly the fifth Hakoge? I don't. I don't watch Naruto. I don't. <laughs> but instead, it turns out the tree is fake. The tree is fake. Everything's fake. Yes. What? Wait. One. Why would you need fake trees in a motherfucking forest? <laughs> You can just source local trees. Oh, the cost—the <laughs> cost of all of the moving all of these fake trees into Brovania across like shipping lines from whatever companies. This is a giant production. Uh, hold on, you—I think you're asking the right questions, Kevin. But it goes deeper than that. <laughs> but go. they had to cut down trees, Real trees, to make the fake trees, <laughs> and the trees were probably already there. Each of these trees has the carbon footprint of five more trees. <laughs> my my only explanation for that is OSHA showed up and they're like, so you're gonna have kids wandering around these woods, and uh, and they're like, yeah, and like, okay, well, for insurance reasons, uh, they we can't have real trees because they could get hurt. Yeah, yeah, and if you're gonna put the fake trees in, you got to use union mice, okay? Yeah, and and. and- <laughs> And you have to have an onset tutor at least four hours a day to teach these kids. What about Luca? He's like a weird guy who puts fur on himself. Yeah, he can teach the kids. <laughs> no, don't worry. He's don't worry. Yeah, he's eighteen. He'll just he's he's playing down in age. Okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So they 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 get they knock the tree over. Turns out it's a fake tree. Doesn't fucking matter. So they move on with their adventure. And uh, they they encounter a, they hear T Rex pounding. They run for their lives. Turns out it's two giant cats. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. <laughs> this was this was the part of the book where I was like, I hate this, but I'm in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they're not described like jungle cats, like panthers. It sounds like they are two house giant cats. domestic house cats. I just pictured giant, like e- enormous versions of Paul's cats. Yeah, just yeah. adorable little like cutie cats. Yep. That are going to fuck you up. Yep, that are going to play with their food and fuck with the food a little bit. And which they do. They they try to eat our protagonist. Who, before they get 
eaten, for some reason, discover a plug in the bottom of a river. Uh, uh, if, if Hold on. If anyone's playing uh, uh, Goosebumps Bingo, just check off the vor part of the sheet. Oh, they bore <laughs> hard. <laughs> it bores hard right now. At least three pages of vor. At least three I'd pages of, of cat, child, vor. <laughs> it, it goes into some distinct descriptive vor right here. <laughs> a lot of t- descriptions of tongues and throat canals. And, to- and-, and tooth viscosity. Oh, did anyone know what eye teeth were? No. What what teeth were? Eye teeth. Eye teeth. I I, I missed that phrase in the book, I guess. He says he says the phrase eye teeth like three times. Like he's grabbing onto the eye teeth. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Those are canines. Eye teeth are canine teeth. They're called eye teeth because they're directly below your eyes. Uh, okay. Oh, sure. That sounds like a, a thing an old vet came up with. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they try to eat him and uh, they don't get eaten. And then he throws the fucking random mice that he found earlier out so that those will distract the cats, even though these mice are baby mice and these cats are so big that those mice would be like tiny little fleas to them. Yeah, they're not going yeah. to they're not going to be a fulfilling meal for these fake cats. No, they would want to eat them. The human that's already in your mouth. Uh, although I feel like RL has captured the zeitgeist of cats in this one, which is. They play with their food, and they also barf their food. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. You're right. <laughs> the barfing was on brand. I guess we don't find out if the cats are fake, so these could be just real giant cats. Yeah, it's never It's never revealed whether the cats were fake. That's true. I'm going to say the cats are also union because they just fuck off. They do nothing to get the cats all- away. He comes up with a plan with the mice, but he fails. Here's the thing, Kevin. All cats are union. <laughs> solidarity guys this is all covered in the kids movie cats versus dogs the revenge yep. of pussy galore there's a whole whole system a whole canyon a whole cat uh union subplot yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so that happens and they run away and uh i think though i don't think anything fucking else happens right at this uh, point yeah so now we're on the we're on the down slope at one point, uh, they, at one point they ran into a deer and there's nothing special about the deer, the deer oh yeah leaves. that was at the start that was cool looking that was like yeah. a cool visual. Yes, yeah. I, I especially like the Annihilation, that movie, yes. like those kind exactly. of like flower deer. Like, yes. oh, cool. What a, I, what a fantastic thing in this fantasy for us. It was, it was World of Warcraft as shit. It was like a beautiful moment that they put there for us to see. And then he just walked away from it and didn't go back to it. Right, right. So uh, they find, they so find, we find out, we find out Ivana is a wind up doll. Yeah, that's right. They find, the last thing is that they find the, the cabin again and, and Ivana's there with a turn key in her back. Which they, which, which they didn't notice in the beginning. I, my problem with it was when they established switches on the mice, I was picturing like, okay, modern technology, light switches on and off, like mm-hmm. a vacuum cleaner. And now Ivana's got some sort of like cog work turnkey. Like, <laughs> what is the technological era of this fantasy forest? Uh-huh. Okay, Chad, I can explain that one. So Luca created all this shit, right? Yeah. First thing he made was a wife. Smart, <laughs> smart. First thing he made was his dream girl, who was a Viking dwarf, uh, beautiful Bond girl. It's an, <laughs> it's an Adam and Eve thing. Sure. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm going to start making some robot mice, but now my technology has gotten better at it. But he still loves his wife. So he's not going to like, up, he's not going to change a damn thing about her because they're in it for the long Oh, like right. Dolores in Westworld or something. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. God. Oh, this is a stupid book. This it's is stupid. Really it's stupid. stupid. So Luca, Luca shows up. Luca shows back up mm-hmm. once they find that that Ivana is fake and says, "Oh, 
you passed my test. Which, I guess, guys, I don't know. He never really clearly lays out what the point of the test is. But no, I think the test is, will you try and survive? And that's basically the entire test that he puts out in four of them. If, if anything, the only test was follow Luca and don't lose Luca. And then they did. So they didn't pass the test. But maybe maybe <laughs> losing him is the test. Oh, sure. Maybe, sure. Maybe getting vored by a cat is the test. And Luca's just a freak who lives in the woods. <laughs> Tell me how it was inside the cat's mouth. Describe it in detail. <laughs> yeah, he's, just, get he's just trying to get some stories for later when, he's <laughs> when, he, when he winds Ivana back up. <laughs> He reads them to Ivana, who's not into it at all. No. He's like, can you at least program me to like more stories, too? He's like, no. These are only for me. No, that's part of it. <laughs> so so they leave, Luca gives them a chest, says they passed. It's that easy. Yep. It, all they had to do was fumble their way through this shitty test that he put together. They, they, they leave. He's like, do not get caught by thieves. There are thieves everywhere. They get caught by the first thief that shows up, right? That makes me that so, so that makes me think that Luca is really a, a video game designer. And he's <laughs> like, they ma- they technically made it through the beta. All right. Yes. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> they stumbled a bit, but uh, we can ship. Like, they made it through the beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, then and here is the last part of the test that I haven't finished yet, but it's fine. They're just gonna walk. Through the woods. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If, this, if this came out, this was like, uh, oh, uh, Tim Schafer came out and he's like, I am Luca. You mm-hmm. have yep. you have beta tested my new game. How? What did you think? <laughs> I, that would have been way more acceptable than any of this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, they get caught and they're caught by their dad. Thankfully, yes. it's their dad. He finds them. They go, Dad, look what we did. You're going to be you're finally going to be proud of us. Finally, we will <laughs> fill the void that mom left and we will have made ourselves of value to you, uh, even though we will probably leave you when we are 18 because you are <laughs> manipulative, manipulative and uh, psychologically terrorizing father. Uh, and they, you are the you are the thief of our child. You, <laughs> you are the great thief of our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> So they open it up and they find an egg inside of the treasure chest that they are given that should have had the Legend of Lost Legend, which they get upset about because it's an egg, even though they have no idea what the Legend of the Lost Legend is. They just yeah, I know assume th- that was the Lost Legend. There you go. There's the egg you wanted. It, yeah, sure. It's, it's the egg of truth or some shit. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. So well, they it's, try it's to, not until they get back to Luca, right? That he explains what it is. Yeah, they try to return yeah. it to the store. You know, they t- yep. they try to go back to the store and take it back. And Luca's like. Yeah, that's the eternal egg of truth, man. Like, that's cool. That's a cool thing I gave you. And they are not <laughs> happy with that. Yeah, does he say... I don't think Lucas says what the egg would do. I was kind of wanting it to be like, it's cool, it's egg of truth. It's called the the eternal egg of truth. Which, But like, could, what do you do? Do you crack it open when you're lying and see if it turns sunny side up? Like, what? how does it work? It doesn't matter, but how does it work? You have so many questions, and that proves that the Eternal Egg of Truth is way cooler than what the, the Legend of the Lost Legend is. <laughs> what, what what RL is doing here is probably the best bit of like metaphor, and and it's it's him at his most subtle because what he's saying is <laughs> when we find truth, we often don't know what we're looking Damn. at. And, oh, yeah. shut up! <laughs> and. And when someone gives us a real piece of truth, more often than not, 
we turn our our head to it and deny it, and we don't accept we, it. We we had our preconceived notions of what we wanted to be in that box, and when we saw the truth, we took it back. We were like, "No, give us the lie." The, the, <laughs> the lost legend is a lie. Yes, and they're like, "We we reject the truth, and we want this perfect lie. We want the perfect lie that will <laughs> entrap us forever." It it this is a Buddhist book right here. Yeah. <laughs> If any of us ever meet the Dalai Lama, if there ever is going to be another Dalai Lama after this, we need to present. <laughs> yeah, we're signing a copy, oh. and we're going to give him a copy of it. The too. way that, like, <laughs> like Matt Pat, that YouTuber, gave the Pope a copy of Undertale, we need to give the the Dalai yes. Lama a copy yes. of this book. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Luca gives him the book, and he's like. You gotta. Oh, he tells him where to find it, right? He's like, you gotta go find these thieves. Yeah, and he doesn't. He doesn't even give them good directions. He's like, I don't know, they're out there somewhere. If you just walk, you'll probably find them, I guess. And there are a bunch of dudes in brown robes just broing it up in the woods, with, getting real gross with all their wood stuff. Yeah, Brovania, dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they find they find the heart of Brovania. <laughs> that's why Luca had. That's why Luca had to make a wife because Brovania is. Oh total my god. It's the opposite of Amazonia. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you the other bros totally made fun of Luke all the time. Like, hey, what are you doing? You building, you building more fake wives? Come over here. Do some cold, do some cold ones with us. Like, no, guys, I'm, I'm really, I'm doing a whole like fantasy series back here. It's gonna be like an ARG. It's really gonna be fun. Okay, okay, Luca, whatever. And then they're just like pounding. Guys, I just, I, I made all this cool Vor stuff, and I tell her the Vor stories, and she doesn't like them, and that's really it makes it better for me because I don't really like them. <laughs> And they're like, Luca, Luca, you know we love Vor. <laughs> I'm just worried you're putting a lot of time into making these giant mechanical cats. <laughs> we only have a limited amount of wood and steel and other resources. Do we want to put them all on the cats? <laughs> we just claimed independence from Russia, and now you want... <laughs> Uh, so Luca, so they find these dudes in the woods and they're like, Hey, do you have the, le the lost legend? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, can we have it? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only got 10 pages left. Just go ahead and take it. <laughs> so, and so they like give them the box and then they like, kind of like just inch out of <laughs> <Yes>. frame. <laughs> And by the time, and they open the box up and find the note in there. And by the time they've looked up, a a, uh, a like a, a tumbleweed blows through the town. Yeah. Everyone, the all bros gone. have all gone. And yeah. They're all gone, and they read the note inside of the, and they read the legend of the lost legend, and it is, I believe, that yeah. those who possess the lost legend will always be lost. And then, and then they realize they're lost. Clark's like, Mister Clark's like, I don't, I don't know where we are. End book. So. <laughs> Um, has, does anyone, is anyone here familiar with, uh, the person from Porlock? No. That sounds familiar, but please explain. Okay, so, um, when Samuel Taylor Coleridge was writing the Kubla Khan, mm -hmm. uh, a, a poem that has, like, the sort of hypnotic rhythm to yep. it, um, as he was writing it, uh, he was visited by somebody from Porlock, mm -hmm. uh, in, in England, and he was interrupted and he was like, I'm like, I'm, I just did a bunch of opium and I'm trying to write this thing <laughs> yeah. down. And, but he had to go answer the door. And when he came back, he couldn't finish the poem. So the poem remains unwritten mm -hmm. because somebody interrupted him. And that's awesome. Uh, because he was high on opium, he couldn't really, 
that's, put together who it was. That's probably uh-huh. the real problem is the opium, honestly. Yeah, but the a person from Porlock in like uh in like writers circles is somebody who interrupts you when you're like uh when you're like batting a thousand mm-hmm. and uh... and throws you off your game. What this book needed more than anything ever was for some angelic person from Porlock to interrupt Arma uh-huh. in the middle of this stream of consciousness mess and just be like, scrap it. Leave it unfinished forever. The, lo- the legend of the it. lost legend must be lost forever. <laughs> uh, I So, I, sure. I, my, my last note is just, okay. That's all I wrote because I couldn't, I like, I, it's just... It just ends, and who cares? What were we doing? You, you know that you know that image from a comic by Casey Green that's just a guy going, "I, I guess that's yeah. that's how I felt about yeah. the entire thing." Yeah, that's it. This is I guess. This is the I guess of books. <laughs> I, I, sure. I, I mean, I'm trying to even like think of the logic tracks about how people would even know of the lost legend. If it can't leave, and I, I don't know, I don't know. And like, if you're lost forever, how did they find you? Like, <laughs> right, oh, that's, right. yeah. And how does does Luca just know a bunch of dudes living in the woods who can't get out, and he leaves them there? Luca is becoming <laughs> more and more fucked up every second that we talk about him. Yeah, Lu- Luca also um, sucks because I think Luca tells the kids like, "Oh, sure, I can point you the direction of the lost legend if you don't want the egg of truth." Uh, they probably want to part ways with it. Like, so either Luca knows nothing about the lost legend, because mm-hmm. if he knows about it, he wouldn't know the secret, or right. he knows he's sending these kids into a death trap and not doesn't warn them at all. Like, either way, Luca kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, Luca comes out looking smelling like shit after this one for sure. <laughs> just do you think afterwards, Luca just like after the kids left, he just started putting the fur back on his arms for the next kids and to yeah, come pepe- in. Repositioning his his fake trees, like putting them back up, <laughs> Re- them all back up, rewinding all the mice and sticking them into into their individual nut cases. He's like, they didn't even find all the fake rocks I put everywhere. Oh, what's the what's the point? They didn't even pull the plug on my fake river. I wanted to see them go down the drain. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, okay, company meeting. He's got he's got uh, Ivana, Ivana silver the dog. two giant cats, and the and the horde of like robot mice. And it's like, okay, what do we think of the robot mice giant cat puzzle? Too obtuse? <laughs> obtuse enough? <laughs> and you know, you know, you know they workshop this these puzzles all the time, and Luca never listens and just goes back with what his gut is telling him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm so stunned by it. Like it, it doesn't even follow like a thematic genre, right? Like as soon no. as the switches kind of came up. I'm like, all right, I'm prepared for a shocker on Shock Street type of twist of you're all on a movie set or this right. is all some Willy Wonka madman's playhouse kind of thing. It, it, it could have been like a Scheherazade. It could have been an anthology of just a, a sort of framing device adventure right. with a lot of stories like interjected in between. But apparently that's too high concept for it. I, <laughs> I, I would actually love that, Kevin, if it had been found out that like the reason why the dad in the beginning talks about how he can't you know, make it doesn't have the rest of the story figured out and he kind of just makes up as he goes. Mm-hmm. If he yeah. had been the 
the person behind it all. You know, he'd been pretending to be asleep in the tent, and and yeah. he was DMing his kid's adventure in, in the Lost Woods. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's like, I've been making up all of the stories because none of them are real or whatever. I, I would have been like, that's amazing foreshadowing. Because or like, the reason or like preparing yeah. his kids to be future storytellers. Like, I'm giving you adventures and stories that you can tell turn into <laughs> stories as as when you become adults and become writers, you know? Yeah. And, and, he's, and, and they're like, Dad... We're not we're not miniature versions Dad, of Dad, I want to be an accountant. I need to become an accountant. Yeah. I told you that. I need to become an accountant, Dad. I want I like when the numbers <laughs> line up. I like when things make sense and everything lines up and I want to be an accountant. You push me That's to do this, Dad. That's what that life will do to you. That's what that life pushes you into. If your dad's taking you on adventures <laughs> to Brovania to find fucking artifacts and shit, you're going to be like, you know what would be nice? A paycheck at the end of the A week. A paycheck at the end of the week and some nice round numbers. <laughs> You know, you know what, Dad? If something doesn't make sense in my world, they go to jail. They go to jail. <laughs> they go to jail like Mom did. <laughs> well, that's the out. That's the out right there. I think we found oh, it. Oh my god! Hold on, real what quick. A- so we're wrapping up here. I gotta say, yeah. I do think that I have one quick meta analysis for this. I've noticed something in the last like ten or so Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. RL has always loved the uh, the twist ending. Obviously, you sure. got to you got to yeah. end on a twist. But I've noticed a lot of his twist endings in the recent books have been people being trapped in some sort of hellscape. And I think <laughs> I think that he feels trapped within his own series at this point in his life yeah. and is writing yeah. that pain into the books. No, that makes that makes way too much. Maybe sense. he signed a deal for like fifty six Goosebumps yes. books on book ten, and now he just like I can't escape. I can't get out of this. And there's like <laughs> one, there's like one page of epilogue for every book that the publishers just like ripped out. They just cut out. They're like, no, we're not doing this epilogue. Where it's just them living day to day in their hellscape, and Arl being like, yeah, you get used to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's gotta make that money. Gotta make that money. You live in a hellscape of your own printing. I'm sorry, <laughs> kids. <laughs> Kevin, thank you for joining us. As always, an incredible guest appearance by you. And uh, I hope that your throat incantations will offer extra protection to this episode because I'm sure we pissed off the demons a lot. Yeah, can you raise oh. the decibels a little bit? Still not, don't want to be able yeah. to hear it to the human ear, but if you can raise the decibels a little bit on an incantation to protect us. Just a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and pull some um, some gra- uh, grandpa from uh, Jack and Jan Adventures shit. <laughs> if, if the entire time you've been putting Umo Guegue Fiamis out underneath <laughs> every version of the podcast, I would be so happy with that. And, and bouncing up on one leg with a fan and a candle. Right. Yeah, that was a great cartoon. I'm gonna it really was. That cartoon ruled. Uh, and that it ruled being on this show. Thank you so much for having Kevin, me. Kevin, do you have anything you'd like to tell people to check out? Uh, yeah, you can check out Pretend Friends, uh, which is uh, a podcast I do with uh, my friends uh, Paul and Nick Hello. and Josh. Uh, and we recently uh, wrapped up an arc with... Um, with Chad. Chad. Oh, Hark returned. Yeah, we had we had the return of Hark, uh, and that was one of my favorite arcs in season three we're on now. So Pretend Friends is a it's a it's a space faring slash fantasy faring uh real play RPG. I'm sure you've heard it bump like mentioned on this podcast oh, before. Yeah. Uh, it, 
Check it out. It's really good. And Chad is an integral part of the world and story. Yes. I force myself to become a uh, uh, antagonist. It's not a MacGuffin, I would say, but like Hark's like lineage. Yeah. Became an, you used to be turned into an amazing kind of uh, a device for the villains of your story. I, I was so yeah, so happy to listen to you. You altered the metaphysics of of the universe in a way that I love. So <laughs> thank you for having such a well thought out character. Hey, thank you for taking a run uh, with it. Uh, it's a it's been a blast to play those games. And of course, if you somehow are catching on to the show later on, uh, we've done several Goosebuds RPG episodes where uh, Kevin runs a Goosebumps Space Kings hybrid game uh, with Dom and the yeah. rest of us. And I love those games. we got to play they're, some more of those soon. They're so much fun. And it's in a system that Kevin has invented called Space Kings. And Kevin, you make, yes. you make games. Where can people find do make out games. more about your game making? Okay, uh, if you want to, uh, in the next couple of months, we're going to we're gonna publish a beta of, um, of Space Kings, so people can finally play it if you didn't back the Kickstarter. Uh, if if you want if you want an email when that happens, go to spacekings.space. Uh, if you want to check out some of my other games, I make a lot of video games. This year, I'm making one video game every month, and I am uh funding that through my Patreon, which you can find at givekevinmoney.com. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real URL? Is that the real URL? That is the real I URL. I purchased it with Patreon money. <laughs> uh, because I figured I'd be on a few podcasts, and it, I, I don't think I could remember patreon.com slash supertrice. That's right. But GiveKevinMoney.com is a great website, and there's no worthier uh, no worthier recipient of your money. Aw. And if you want to hear me talk about random bullshit, like if my power's out or whatever, uh, I'm on Twitter at RealKevinCole. Uh, also, Kevin, I got to say, and you do this in your on your Patreon, I've always loved uh, your insights into your game making. You're very good. And mm. offering lucid and uh, and very clear uh, looks into your process, and I think I always uh-huh. find them fascinating, and that, I think they're worth the price of admission on your Patreon alone. Oh, thanks! I try to do those in video form mm-hmm. these days, so I'm, I'm doing like a little video every month where I play the game I made last month. Um, so there's not if you back for a dollar, you get all of the secret videos and stuff, and also they're like game downloads, and you get to put your name on my games, and it's cool, it's fun. Check me out. I'm 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 a fun and funky guy. <laughs> it's true. If you like Kevin on this, you'll like him in everything else that he's. <laughs> everything else he does. Uh, re- real quick, should we read some a couple of five star reviews? Real quick. Yeah, if you sure. want to support this show, uh, besides uh, also giving a shout out to the second level priority of Patreon, besides Kevin, is you can go to Goosebuds Patreon at patreon.com slash Goosebuds and get access to bonus episodes like Camp Goosebuds, uh, early preview access for episodes, our Discord, uh, and you get to vote on nice. what we read next. Uh, besides that, to support the show, again, Patreon, patreon.com slash Goosebuds, mm-hmm. you can go to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, it does a great way to help us uh, get more exposure. Uh, new people find the show via that. Uh, and we have some wonderful reviews. Uh, Paul, and, do you uh, want to... Yeah. I think I think Kevin should read this first one because it involves him. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Oh shit! All right, this review is entitled "Rich Mahogany Voices." <laughs> uh, it's left for us by Tales from the Land of, and it begins. It's five stars and it begins thus: I love the show. I I never would have even thought about Goosebumps books again after my youth if not for these gents. My favorites have been the Give Yourself Goosebumps books and the Kevin's RPG episodes. Aw. Mm-hmm. But all of them are excellent. There was a period of time where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and not get back to sleep. But but 
putting old episodes of the show on at low volume helped me drift Aww, off. Aww. As, I love yeah, as someone I love hearing stuff like that. Me too. As someone who wakes up in the middle of the night in sheer existential terror a lot, uh, <laughs> I, I I really value being able to help people get through that cuz I mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. It it makes it makes doing this very dumb podcast feel a lot more uh better about doing it. it makes sure. it feel more worthwhile for sure. Yeah. Uh, we got one here, and this is very topical. You saved me this quarantine by uh, by Kate Cat, uh, and it says, "Paul Dom and Chad, thank you for giving me comforting voices and laughs during a period where I have to live alone. I miss my roommates mm. a lot, but to cope with being away from them, I've been listening and re-listening to all the Goosebuds podcast episodes, smiling and giggling the whole time. Y'all are amazing. Please, please keep making episodes together. I have been recommending your podcast to everyone I see. Thanks again. Love from Idaho." Edit, just heard you guys compliment Civilization 2. Marry me. (laughs) (laughs) We are some strategy boys. We are. Love me some Civilization. I'm a little scared of it now. One of those ones where I I can't play it now unless I know I I have 12 hours lotted for the rest of the day. <laughs> I like knowing that a weekend is totally filled for me when I when I start. <laughs> when you start it up. Uh, I speaking of twelve, I have a podcast review that says called 12 Slaps Out of Twelve" by Eve Harvester. Uh, they write, "This Goosebumps podcast has been a longtime comfort food for me. Listening to these three nasally boys, one of whom was artfully <laughs> crafted by Jim Henson." Talk about children's <laughs> horror literature, literatures in quotes, helps me connect my now jaded self with the bright-eyed child within me. Whether it's mocking the terrible Lucy football cliffhangers at the end Great of each point. chapter, Great point. analyzing that's, that's the so ever-present metaphors and allusions to children uncovering their sexuality, <laughs> creating beloved and easily marketable characters such as the Slink, <laughs> or plain old slandering and publishing libel against hack fraud Arlstein, this podcast does it all. The balance of banter and actual focused content is a near masterclass in how to create a focused podcast while still giving it space to breathe and not become paint by numbers. And they're creating themed role-playing games. There's no cliffhanger for this review. You need to listen to this. That's nice very kind of ending. you. Nice. Stuck the landing. Stuck the landing. That these are these are better crafted paragraphs than anything I found. <laughs> oh dang. <laughs> Thank you for leaving those reviews. They are incredibly helpful to us. We love you. We love you all. And and one and one last shout out just to give out to all of you wonderful folks who have uh, picked up Goosebuds merch from our Etsy store at etsy.com slash shop slash Goosebuds. Uh, we are still rolling through the quarantine. Uh, orders have been a little bit slow to be fulfilled uh, just because of everyone trying to be safe and working and, and shipping them out. But they are being fulfilled. We appreciate your guys' patience. And if you want to check it out, etsy.com slash shop slash Get yourself some cool stuff. Yeah. Get some cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, guys, I think that's a, I think that's a podcast. I think it is. Uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go just lie down and, and try to make sure that everything in my house is real and not a fake, a fake <laughs> wall. I'm going to go play civilization <laughs> until the next podcast. I'll see you there in two weeks. All right. I'm going to get to work on chanting. It's going to be a get, chant, get, get, your, get your throat warmed up, Kevin. <laughs> all right. I love you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Bye.
This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our beautiful Patreon supporters. And you can become one yourself by going to patreon.com slash goosebuds. And we have new patrons this month, so we want to say a very special happy birthday to <laughs> Dustin. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. <laughs> happy happy Goosebud birthday to Brett Rourke. And Cod Salmon. And don't forget Hamboat. What about Maggins? Happy birthday to you, Maggins. And lest we forget, Taylor Shedden. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, these other wonderful people, Stefan, Jive Turkey, Kuwabara, Hollis Hornbeak, Buddy Morrill, Cameron Murphy Audio, Clayton C, David Cron, Fred Atkins, Joshua Robertson. Oops, I meant just Josh. I, I meant just Josh Robertson. He changed. Too way too formal. Way too formal. Michael McDowell. Mickey C. Mike Lanteri. Nathan Dolazal. Nick Hinkle. Alec Cade. Jared Mason. Jim Greaves. Mel Dipson. Natu Pearl Henderson. Joshua Lopez. Zang Keef. Afshin. Danky McStinky. Jennifer Britton. Aaron T. Strunk. Dango Twist. Victor. Brian Wells. Stay safe and wash all of your zenticles thoroughly. I agree. I agree. Becca Milk Williams. Stealth Bates. <laughs> Joseph Miranda. Jonas Blatterman. Patrick Reynolds. Robert Moon. Scott Calipi. Jason Crooker. John Keaty. Third Sergio. Christina Doling. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Still a pretty decent dog, generally speaking. Mm. Cat. Matt, the half-court warlock bachelor. I'd love to see him in action at some point. <laughs> I hope they open up the courts once again. Please, so like, we need to see him. Matt out there. Yeah. Ishak Arafin. Joe, remember to save early and often, Scott. Maddie. Matthew, time travel paradox pals. Paul Grasso. Ranger had a moral obligation to stop 9-11, but instead he saved two children. We've all seen the mind problem of the train with the people on the tracks, Ranger, and we all know what we have to do. <laughs> Reinfected. Trans rights. Fuck yeah. Tyler Penner. Walter Fraser. Alan Saylor. Chosen one. Cody Redfield. Gregory D. Warren. James Roy. Mike Jello. Sam Hash. Taylor Dirks. Aiden Alexander Dace. Bradford Coulter. Dylan Vaughn. Jin K. Jonas Ingman. Rich Hillborn. Toothless Barry the Whiffler Bostowitz. Joshua Jacobwitz. Just in Wagman. Trendy Moron. Two in the slink, one also in the slink. All three in the slink then. What about your fourth what about your fourth finger? Where does that go? Yeah, where's that going? Cardboard Walk. Leviathan. Tough boss in Final Fantasy. <laughs> Ryan Shell. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur <laughs> Foundation. Tommy, obligatory holiday name change, Hoey. Connor Church. Rug. Trent Davis. Up and Champ. Vincent Modica. Luke Knoodles. Heath Robinson. Alicia Grafe. Sam Bambino. Anthony Kuabara. Brock Graham. Hugh Bolin. Joe Gorman. Carl Maloyster. Blake Alvarez. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Jake Young. Low Bella Hate Me. Space Tiger. Jesus Christ. 
Boney. Brooke X. Christian Van Skyver. Corey Shelley. Jessica Zybal. Joe. Brian Hopgood. Jeremy Lowe. Nathan Remick. Zach Connor. Divaldi. Anxious Serve. Foolish for Deborah. J.K.H. Jordan Lockwood. Reed Stubendiak. Hey, let me get a little bit of that Valhalla Black. <laughs> Burn, your rap stepdad. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Joey Evans. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Carewise Gamgee. Tom Witham. Cameron Hansen. John the Howling I Duda. Kevin Hamilton. Llama Consultant. Nicholas Johnson. Swag Bumps Nightmare at Camp Yolo Squire. Andrew Jadsack talks to Joe Para about Goose Buds. Always warms my heart. Eric England. Goose Time. Lord Cornwallis. Andrew Evans. Cardamom Birkenbino. Good, good, good spice. Mm-hmm. How about this spice? Dingus Dank Ding Dung Dunkelheim. Oh, you put some spice on it. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Steenweg. Yes, ten or more. General Lee Depressing. Daddy's Happy Apple Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Just Garrett. Anthony from Let's Watch Something. Chris Pittman. Dan. Dylan Eads. Goonkahoots. Straightforward, non-funny name for Dom. Damn, he didn't even oh. get it. Uh, oh. What a shame. Didn't even get to say it. Buff Cat, I got to say that one. Damn. <laughs> Dylan McCann. <laughs> Egg Baby. Sean Minogue. SNES Chalmers. Calamity Carl. Jacob the Rough-Handed. Derb Juice. Jonas Evan Voldson. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Nick Johnson. Scotty Pippen. Arachnid Delight. Chip Handsome. Dak Prinky. They call him Dr. Worm. Oh, I've been listening to that song just just a lot this week. That's a good song. Jared Canuti. Matt McKellen. R.L. Slink. Stinklitch. Zach Bush. Stephen Day. I just want to say I wish my enemy, my true enemy, was Stinklitch, because it'd be fun to say that in like an egg. Ah, oh, Stinklitch got me again. You goddamn Stinklitch. Get out of here. Wow. Kate and Franklin. J.R. Chip or Junior Chip. The Voyant Claire. This isn't anyone's Patreon name. I just wanted to take a break from this list to tell you guys that I'm really into foot stuff. Y- you know, That's fine. yeah, me. as long as no one's getting hurt, you're not cutting off anyone's feet. You're they doing fine. They got not me. Not stepping any toes. And <laughs> what if that? What if it's like S&M foot stuff, though, that, like, where you're like into stubbing toes? Slapping a foot. Slapping, <laughs> slapping a foot like real dirty. <laughs> Slap my feet, baby. <laughs> Uh, break my toes. Uh, Adam Morocco. Jeremy Bowser. Nathan Whitmore. Ryan Carroll. Sadie Kitson. Sarah Kemp. Chili Dish Gambino. It's pretty good. I wish R.L. Stein were my dad. Gotcha. Gotcha again. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. Megan McCormack Mason. The Triple M. Oze. Tanya Turtle. Bad Vibes Jr. Tanya Turtle. Great name. <laughs> Brett. Daniel Hirschberger. Hoodleman. Manuel Aviles. Ninja Bread Man. Robert Edward Hodgson Jr. S. Spencer Kimball. Wacky username. Chick. Deja Monet. Oh, yeah. Elliot Thompson III. Got little old moi, pretty freak. Mudbark. The Slink of Fate. Adam, you goofed. Cameron. One jalapeno. Russell Gore. Ashley W. Muscles Bear. Parker Lee. Wonderskin. Chris 1-800-Crank-It-Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> 
Clay McCarty. Dakota Campion. I always think that says Dakota Champion. Me too. And I was like, which Dakota won? I want to know. Oh, my mind is on North. Uh, definitely. Yogan. Jacob Foster. Jordan Slamsey. Keith Halcrow. Milky Bar Nugget. Nada S or Natas. <gasps> Guys. Read it backwards. Oh my God! Whoa, it's hold on, backwards. Hold on. Oh, great! I said it out loud. Now he's gonna come to me in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we see Dom, he's gonna have black eyes. Oh, <laughs> Dom, I'm really sorry, man. I'm sorry we we cursed you on this podcast. It's okay. It's just it's black fine. eyes it's for it's, Patreon. Yeah, it's just it's just a couple black eyes, like pupil black, not around the eye black. Not, not I got punched by Satan <laughs> twice. Not Satan punched you twice at the same time. <laughs> Nicholas Butler. Timothy Misodoulakis. Wesley. Greg Arkan. Kelly Sester. And Wade Norcross. Thank you all for supporting the show and, uh, you know, having us have fun. Make us in that, making us have fun. <laughs> Makes us us uh, son. Timmy, please tell Timothy Misodoulakis, please tell us how you say your last name if we got it right. And thanks for letting us have some fun. Please do. We love you all. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Good night. See you in my dreams, Satan. <laughs> Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.